Hey there, my name is Pia Montales. I am joined here today by my co-host, JP Pascual. You're listening to Asicom's up-and-coming podcast, Self-Starters, where we invite young professionals and industry leaders to share their career stories, work-from-home tips and tricks, life advice, and everything in between. And now, we're bringing you today's Kickstarter to get you through the week. British actress and humanitarian Audrey Hepburn once said, Nothing is impossible. The word itself says, I'm possible. Our actions reflect our mindset. So if you want to achieve something, you need to act and work hard for it. Anything is possible if we think it is possible. With that, let's get on with today's episode. The floor is all yours, GP. Thank you, Pia, as always. Self-starters, life is full of choices. Some choices are easy, while others are serious and life-changing. And one of those who make tough decisions all the time are leaders. With many individuals depending on them, what do leaders do to make a good decision? Our guest today is here to share his decision-making tips and tricks. He is the Executive Vice President and the Chief Information and Operations Officer of Union Bank of the Philippines, one of the top banks in the country. And before joining UPP, he was the Senior Vice President of the Infrastructure Engineering and Service Operations of Globe Telecom Incorporated. His expertise and experience over the years has earned him a top 10 spot in the top 50 tech leaders in Southeast Asia in 2020. Everybody, let's give a warm welcome to Mr. Dennis Omila. Hello, Sir Dennis. Welcome to the Self Starters Podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, JP. How are you? And uh, hi also to Pia. Now, since we're talking about choices, Sir Dennis, I have a question for you to start us off. No? So, are you a morning person or a night person? Mm. Both. Oh, wow. <laughs> Please explain. No, no, yeah. I, I uh, usually wake up really early, even if uh, I, I sleep late at night. No, So normally, oh I, I wake up at 5 or 5.30. Even if I sleep like 1 a.m., my body clock will still, you know, 5, 5.30, I'm, I'm awake wow. already. But normally, my routine is I really wake up early. Uh, normally, I do exercise. And then I, I want to be early on my laptop to answer all the emails. Because uh, by 8, 8.30, it's death by meetings already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then normally, you know, that's why I say both. It's because uh, part of our role, you know, we're always on call. If there's a problem, you know, we can't let go. Even if that means we have to stay awake until, you know, 2, 3 a.m. Because we're, you know, we have to address an emergency. But it doesn't happen all the time. Occasional when there are severity one issues that we need to address. But I think uh, really I'm more of a morning person, so to speak, because I like getting my quiet time in the morning. Normally what I do also, I schedule the meetings that I think would require a lot of uh, brain power in the morning because I think, you know, you're still fresh. And normally in the afternoon, evening, you feel like you're so harassed already and, you know, it's not yes. 100%, yeah. I agree on that, Sir Dennis. No, I myself am a morning person. So it, the, the morning is just so calm and serene. No? <laughs> so that's where I'm most productive. But I can't imagine working until 12 midnight or 1 a.m. So kudos to you, Sir Dennis. No? Don't, uh, no, uh, don't emulate that. I don't uh, advocate. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a reason why there's only 24 hours in a day. And that's enough. Yeah? So we, right. we should also give ourselves a chance to 
re-energize and relax. And I think that's how we can be more effective, especially, you know, in decision making. If you're, you know, you only have a few hours of sleep, your efficiency, I think, you know, in, in decision making is not going to be that good. So that's right. occasionally it's okay, but, you know, I don't advocate that you, you do it that way. Yes, always in moderation. Yes, sir. Yeah. And of course, Sir Dennis, speaking of decisions, no, I think being a morning and night person also is part of making decisions. But on a serious note, as CIO of Union Bank, I'm sure making big decisions is a part of your everyday routine. So what are the factors that you consider when you're making such decisions? Yeah, actually a lot. When you're at an executive level, it's all about decision making you know, and you get paid actually you know uh, for the decisions that you make and the decisions that we make really will affect the direction that the company is going to take so we have to take that into our consciousness that that's how important you know the, the decisions we make there are a lot of factors and most of the time it's never an easy decision because you have to weigh a lot of things okay number one would be financial what's the financial impact number two by the way this is not in any particular order right. number two is uh, speed or timeline you know because uh, it could be a i want speed but i will need to spend more you know? so i need to decide or do i want to spend less this time but it's going to take me a bit more time you know you're fortunate sometimes when it's a uh, low cost and uh, very easy very high impact you can implement it right and then the third one would be customer experience you know you have to factor in is how is my decision going to affect customer experience so very very important uh, for us uh, then of course quality and then also is it strategic so basically what i'm saying is uh, there are different decision parameters that you need to consider and that's why sometimes it's not really an easy decision because you have to balance it you know and you have to read the situation it's not like you always have a default decision when it comes to this you have to read the situation you have to base it on your experience and other things but normally i simplify it by asking is it fair and uh, the ultimate question i ask myself is uh what he would have wanted me to do. He meaning, uh, you know, our, our creator, our, our mm. God, you know. So that is my, you know, if, if I'm uh, faced with a tough decision to make, that's a question I ask myself. What would he want me to do? And, uh, you know, normally it serves us like my North Star. So I'll just give you an example. Not really a tough decision, but uh, maybe an opportunity for you to make the right or good decision so it, it happens you know one time uh, one of our vendors partners invited me for dinner you know, it, it, during the time that uh, the pandemic is now uh, slowly starting to you know or the conditions is starting to become better so sabina dennis sir dennis can we invite you we'll have dinner you know? so they invited me sa ano shangri-la bgc you know? Raging Bull. No, Raging Bull is the name wow. of the restaurant. Yes. Uh, so we went there. I, I personally, first time to go there. I said, yes, okay, let's let's go there. So the usual, we had a talk, you know, and all. And then, to cut it short, you know, I paid for dinner. And they were surprised. They were like, because, you know, they were like, they, they wanted to impress me. 
That's mm-hmm. why they brought me there. They ordered a lot, no, etc. And then they were surprised that I already paid for it when they were trying to get the bill. And then I said, you know, you you've been helping us a lot because no? they're not a new partner. They're an existing partner. You've been helping us a lot. You deserve also to be, you know, to be treated because when I looked at it, you know, normally the vendors go in, you know, they 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 try to court you, you know, so to speak, but <laughs> I, I think you know in my mind you know that the decision that I made was it should not be that way. Nobody tells us that you know we should be treating our partners and our vendors well also. And so I did, right? Now was it tough? A, a little bit, no, or maybe a bit more. Why? Because I'm not reimbursing it. I'm, I'm paying for it. For oh, that's my, out of pocket. Out of pocket. It's personal. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. when I saw when I saw the bill, it's like, oh, I could have bought a lot of things from from this one, right? <laughs> uh, but I, I had no regrets. I had no regrets. Mm-hmm. And and that I think all the more surprised them that how can this be? And you know, it's like to them, I have not met any client that treated us like this. You know, so so sometimes you think about you make those decisions about. You know what are those opportunities where you can create those uh, lasting impressions? You know, and and you really deliver the message you want to deliver, and you really express the appreciation. Because guess what? Nobody will know about it. My bosses will not know about it. My people that, uh, does not know about it. That you know, I, I've done something like that. But you know, to me, it's the right thing to do. At that point, you know, when I was saying, is it fair? Is it fair that they're the ones that's always spending? I think no, you know. And then, is this what he wants for me to do? I just felt in that, you know, during that time that this is what he wants me to do. I don't know for whatever reason, and you know, maybe hopefully they felt that you know we're a true partner to them also, you know. And it's not like you know we always demand from them. We want them to you know do these things and all those things. But they've been a good partner, and so I think they deserve it. So. Yeah, that's just just wanted to give an example. But normally, really, there are a lot of parameters to consider when you make a decision. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that there's always going to be decisions, no, that affect the direction of the company. And and you mentioned all the factors you take into consideration. And Sir Dennis, it got me thinking. Aside from your raging bull story, which I think you handled very well, what's the most difficult decision that you had to make? And can you walk us through how you handled the situation? Like, It doesn't have to be about the office or the work. Yeah, yeah. What I've seen in my life, it's always about people. The toughest decisions we're gonna have to make concerns people, because right. you know if it's about just buying a platform, a system, an application, because I'm a, I'm an IT practitioner, you know. You do your usual evaluation, you know, you have your evaluation criteria and then you decide and then if someone questions you, you just go back and say, this is the evaluation sheet, you know, and you can see here why we decided to go this way. That, that's easy. It's when people are involved that the decision making becomes way, way more difficult. So. One of the most difficult decisions I had to make was several years back, company decided that they will do managed services. Okay, so this is the this is the story. You know, we have a group that does service management. This is the team and and the guys that do you know making sure the systems are up and running. You know, so they have a 
SLAs and KPIs. No, the uptime right. should be at 99 point whatever percent. You know, and I'm actually not part of that team. I was uh, heading information security at that time. Now, unfortunately, the head of the service management uh, resigned, and there's mm. no immediate uh, there's no immediate replacement. So they said, "Oh, Dens, while we're waiting to get somebody on board, can you concurrently head this first? I said, "Okay, okay." Because in my mind, you know, I just take over, not knowing. Now, when I looked at it, they were failing their KPIs and SLAs for a long time. When uh-huh. I look at it, it's always red, and they felt like it's normal already to fail, right? Where it's red, and then. Uh, what am I gonna do with this, right? I see it as temporary, so I sit there. What's the problem? You know, I I have another shop uh, that that I'm taking care of, and then I, you know, normally if I see the HR head, you know, sometimes I see him at the comfort room and say, "Sir, where's the new head? Is he coming? Are you interviewing someone already?" You know, so I was just like, "Okay, I'll take care of it while I'm here," right? But then, you know, in my mind, it's like I think it's I'm not being fair to them. You know, because I like talking to people, so I sat down with them. You know, and they were like, oh, "Sir, you know, you're there. We have plans before, you know, but you're also temporary. You know, we'll talk to you, but when you're gone, you know, the leader will have a new direction. So mm. they're really demoralized. You know, and then it dawned on me, and then I said, "This is bad." So I sat down with them, and then I said, "Guys, you know, I know you think that I'll just be temporary until the new head comes in, but I want you to know." That I'm not gonna think that way because it's affecting my decision making. You know, knowing that I'm temporary. Mm-hmm. I said I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna make decisions as if I'm gonna be here for the rest of my life, whether you like it or not. You know, and I want you to do the same because that's the right thing to do, etc. You know, so I had a heart-to-heart talk with them. Then I said, "You're all failing, but you know, let's uh, do it. Let's sit down, roll up our sleeves, and do what we have to do." To cut it short. We started for the first time, you know, meeting our KPIs, nice. and then I said, "Hold on, bakacamba." You know, maybe we got lucky. So I waited for two, three more months. I said, "Now I think it's no longer luck. You know, our, the the things uh, that we've done is bearing fruit." And then I started uh, inviting our uh, CEO. You know, surprised them. You know, went with them. And because we were able to turn it green, they invited us for lunch. You know, with the senior executives, and they were like, "Wow, we've never met our CEO, you know, since uh, many years that uh, for the many years that we've been here." And but in my mind, it's like wow. the decisioning in my mind is what stops us from That's inviting right. the CEO. You know, I, I I called the CEO. I said, "Sir, can you just go 15 minutes?" And because I just want you to thank the team. You know, they've worked so hard. And he said, "You know, I have a meeting." You call me. I will pause the meeting. I will go down to thank them. Wow! And I wasn't expecting it, but you know, in my mind, it's only, it's only in my mind, you know, that that where I'm creating the blockers that mm. I cannot do that, that I cannot, you know, let the CEO of a large corporation meet them, and that's what happened. Now, why, why is this hard? This is hard because this is the same team, and I cannot tell them. That they will be converted to managed services. I was put in there, and I had to tell them one by one in my room. You know, I don't know how many tissues uh, rolls of uh, tissues <laughs> I've uh, 
uh, consume, no, uh, giving okay. it to them, of course. I have to tell them, you know, your role is, uh, you know, it's it's gonna be turned over. It, it's gonna go to the managed services. And while we're turning it green, since I'm part of the management committee at that time, I am aware and I cannot tell them. I was just telling them, let's work, you know, so they were all engaged and all. Can you imagine? They were there, they're giving it their best, you know, with me, made it green, and then you're gonna tell them, manage services, right? Yeah. Very, very, very hard. A lot of them really thought, you know, you fooled us. You, know, you, you, you did not tell us. But I cannot distract them. And then, you know, what was very tough at the end, I was like, HR, I think I need intervention. <laughs> Because, you know, there, there's a, an instance, somebody went to my room, no? She never said a word. She just cried and then she left my room. Mm, Did not hear gosh. any word from her. And then there's another one that will come in. You know, it was re- really tough for me. But you know, this is what happened. The service provider saw how good we were doing. They offered everyone, you know, at par, if not better, offer. And I'm proud wow. to say, you know, like everyone moved to the managed service provider. And, you know, at the end, they understood that I wasn't actually trying to fool them. I was actually trying to save their jobs. Mm-hmm. Because if we did not turn it green, they would not get an offer. Right. They would just lose their jobs. But because we were able to do it, they got, you know, they got the offers. And, uh, but it was very tough. And then at the end, they were like, sir, sorry, we thought it's like this. But, you know, we now understand we would not have gotten those offers if you did not work for us. And we know you you could opt not to do it because you're temporary, you know. And, you know, somebody will come in and, you know, it actually became temporary all throughout because it became uh, managed services. Uh, and then we started just, you know, having leaders managing the results from the service provider. But, yeah, that was uh, really, really tough because in, it involves people. It's their, you know, and their breadwinners you know and yeah. all of that so but at the end you know i said focus on what's the right thing to do you know and yeah that's it that's it i i never uh, forgot that uh, and will never forget that uh, you know that experience and uh boy it was uh, was really a defining uh, moment for me yeah uh, yeah quite a story sir dennis i also agree that Uh, making decisions that involve people is the most difficult because you know we're humans so we're not yeah. just computers it doesn't have feelings so yeah i quite agree with that and i think moving on to the next question a little bit of transition uh, listening to your story i just want to know do you make decisions better alone or with a group and why yeah i think Generally, I make better decisions with people. Mm-hmm. In, in a team, actually, what I want is, an, I call it conflict-competent teams, you know, where I want to see different perspectives. But I'll tell you why. It has to start with humility. It has to start with humility. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, especially as you go higher up the organization, sometimes uh, we have this mentality that the highest paid officers We, we call them hippos, actually. <laughs> the, the highest paid officers think that the reason they're the highest paid officers is because they have the exclusive uh, 
you know, or they're in possession of the best and brightest ideas. And if that is the case, there's always a tendency for things to be hierarchical. You know, it can never be agile. You know, yeah. where you have squads with empowerment because you wanna, you know, you report to me. You know, I wanna check it. I am the one that will give you guidance because that's what I'm paid for. But I'm not like that. The story that I will share you, I call it the soap story. I don't know where I read this. No, uh, sorry, but uh, who, whoever made this story, thank you to you. Uh, <laughs> so the soap story is a story of uh, it, it happened uh, in the U.S. No, where uh, a soap making company got sued because somebody bought a box of soap without the soap inside. Oh, so my. you know, in the U.S., if something happens, I sue you. you know? uh, yeah. <laughs> if I, I tripped on the floor, I, I'll sue you. Know? So anyway, so he said, you know, I spent time to travel, etc. You know, so so anyway, the president of the uh, the CEO of the soap um, manufacturing company had a meeting with his team. He said, this can't happen. This is brand reputational risk, right? Mm. It means, you know, our quality is bad if, if this happens, you know, and nobody will buy our product. So anyway, they talked about a solution. So they came up with many things and then the CEO got tired. They said, okay, let's take a break. Went down to the manufacturing line, you know, saw a line supervisor. Because uh, the line supervisor uh, said, oh, sir, good afternoon. How are you, sir? You look so tired. Oh, yeah. You know, so he told the story talking to the team you know they have solutions but i'm finding it hard because the it's, it's so expensive you know they have a laser a digital weighing scale you know, and all of that mm-hmm. and then the line supervisor said oh sir that's easy I mean, just give me five thousand pesos i can solve the problem Sab- oh. sabi nung line supervisor and then the ceo said are you sure what's your solution uh, you want to guess what his solution was Hmm. Well, what what is it, Sir Dennis? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> he, he said, "I'll just buy an industrial fan. I'll put it here." Huh. Sabi niya. I'll put it here. Look at this. Uh, sabi niya. If there's a box without a soap, it will fly. Oh, very, <laughs> very, very That's wise. Problem, sabi niya. Oh. <laughs> so, so the CEO went back, you know, talked to his team, and then he said. You guys, you know, sabi niya, you are you're such hippos. You think you have the best and brightest ideas. All you needed to do was to humble yourself and go down the line and ask because they're there. And sometimes, you know, the best and brightest ideas are not with us. It's in those people, but we need to give them the the chance, the platform, the opportunity to share that. And that story has you know, got stuck with me. That I should never forget that you know I'm I'm not the guy with the best and brightest ideas. I need to listen, and that's why I became better in really making decisions with people. But because I listen to them and uh, I begin to understand you know uh, things that I don't normally see because we have different uh, lenses. Because you know uh, a salesperson and a technical person you know would have. Different lenses. Sabi ko, minsan yung isa nasiraan ng kotse. Sabi nung sales, I'll take a, a taxi and then go no, or grab. The engineer will open the hood and check what's wrong and fix it to, to go ahead. You know, they, they have different lenses. No? But this is what I do. I also am aware that I cannot overanalyze things. 
And, you know, sometimes you will listen, someone will say A, B, C, D, what do you do? And then sometimes they feel so passionately about it that if you decide to go against what they're recommending, you know, you can sense that they're not going to like you, right? Right. So how do you deal with that? And you see this a lot of times, especially in the boardroom or, you know, in whatever, in meetings, there's heated argument because somebody thinks it's A and somebody thinks it's B, you know, or, you know, a group is gravitating towards both. So normally what I do there is I, if I'm the decision maker, I'll say, you know what? I am the one that will decide, not you. Okay? But I need you to open up and tell me from your point of view because I will listen. And if you want to do it emotionally, you know, passionately, etc. But when you're done, you're done. Okay? I'll, take it, I'll take it into consideration. But I'll make the decision because it's my neck on the line. Right? Now, if I make a decision, if I made the decision already, I want you to align and support me. I don't want people saying, I told you so. Because nobody has a crystal ball to say, you know, whether it will turn out okay or not, right? And I do the same. To my boss, you know, I will say, sir, this is really what I think it is. Maybe we should, uh, you know, we should do it this way. But when he decides, I will say, sir, you have my full support. I think it's A, you decided it's B. I forget A, I'll support you to make B succeed. You know? okay. But I need to tell the team about it because sometimes, you know, others take it personally. I'm suggesting A, he decided B, ah, I'll wait. And then if he makes a mistake, you know, I'm gonna say, I told you, I told you it should be A. No, that's not gonna help. You're not gonna have a high-performing uh, team if people are not able to have courageous authenticity to speak up their mind. But when a decision is made, they can realign and support that decision all the way. You know, so I think that's uh, very important. No, I think, you know, maybe if I can tell a story, it happened one time where we were caught up and I have a boss no, at that time. Sabi niya, Dens, what do you think? Should we revert or should we give the project team a little bit more time to fix the problem. Kasi malapit na magbukas yung mga stores or branches, no, yung ganyan. Sabi ko, sir, I can sense, you know, from their body language and their tone, they don't know if they will be able to solve it in time or not. Uh, I think we should revert. And then, of course, the project team, you know, hindi, kaya namin to. Because they don't want to revert because they, you know, they spent a lot of time. So, bottom line, the, our, our boss said, Okay, let's continue. Ayun, lo and behold, 4.30 p.m., sarado pa yung mga branches. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and then, my boss went to me and said, Dance, I knew it. Things like this, I should have listened to you. Sabi niya, you know this, it's in your gut. And actually, what you were telling me is your gut telling you, let's revert and then let's, you know, let's uh, do it outside, not introduction. And then, lamo sabi ko sa kanya, Sir, no, when you decided, I support you 100%. Sabi ko, sir, imaginein mo, kung nag-work, babalikan mo ako, sir, di ba? Sasabihin mo sa akin, buti na lang, di kita pinakinggan. No? <laughs> that's, that's what it is, right? And then, mm-hmm. then he kind of respected, you know, my, my views. Uh, you know, he, he listens more to it. But he knows that if he makes a decision outside of that, I'll support him because I know naman he's considered my decision. So I think those dynamics in the decision making, if you can make it that way, you know, you can make better decisions with the group. 
of course, may cases na ano ah, you have to make quick decisions. Uh, right. No time for consensus. You, you need to read the situation uh, uh, also. No? But in cases where you can, I think uh, having a team, you know, uh, help you assess and come up with a decision if you are, you know, as I've said, humble enough, if, uh, you know, you know these dynamics, it would, it would definitely help you. Thank you for tuning in to part one of Decision Making 101. Next week, watch out for part two where we talk about humility in leadership, high-risk decisions, and characteristics of a good tech leader. Get the latest book on blockchain and cryptocurrency in the Philippines, authored by Union Bank leaders, a 50% discount now, exclusive to all our listeners today. Visit www.bookshelf.com.ph, search for Opening Archipelago, the story of blockchain in the Philippines, and use the promo code AST50 to avail of an exclusive discount on the ebook version. Valid until April 4 to 6 only. A portion of the proceeds of the sale will be allotted for charity groups supporting our frontliners and healthcare workers. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Don't miss a beat, catch us on our next one, and follow us on our socials. This was the Self Starters Podcast where success starts with you.